You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, it is your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. He's Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. I'm Dave Hooker, and man, if you haven't checked out Twillery yet, you need to do so. Go to Twillery for just incredible shirts. Use the Locked On promo code for $25 off. Restock your wardrobe. Just like you'd restock your fridge with beer. It's that easy. So, again, Twillery.com. They've got the non-iron, untuckable, and performance dress shirts. They've been in business for a century. And when you bundle four together, they're just $55 a pop. So, with the promo code locked on, you're looking at less than $200 for four shirts. How sweet is that? So, again, go to Twillery.com. It's Twillery.com. Want to start with a look in the film room. And that is a breakdown of the top linebacker units in the conference. So, uh, Chris, who do you think uh, leads the way? Well, I think it's Alabama, again, surprise. But when you look at Dylan Moses and Anthony Jennings and Trell Lewis, uh, it's it's really good. But they've got some young guys that I think are going to help them depth-wise. I think it's the best linebacking core um, maybe in the country uh, certainly in the SEC. I think LSU's not far behind it. We, they lose Devin White, but um, Kalewan Chason, we've talked about, can be a difference maker. He plays down in nickel, but he's coming off an ACL. He is a guy that's a really, really good player, could be the next uh, outstanding one. Michael Divinity Jr., Jacob Phillips, Patrick Queen um, are all outstanding. Those, those two uh, jump out at me. To maybe the surprise of some, Mississippi State, is really going to be good at linebacker. Last year, it was their defensive line. Um, I think Errol Thompson and Willie Gay Jr. are really good. Leo Lewis and Tim Washington at seniors are very good. So it's an experienced unit in a very deep unit. I think um, um, Georgia's linebacking core is pretty good as well. I think they're probably a top 10, 12 unit in the country. Um, I think they're, they've got some veterans and Monty Rice and Tate Crowder on the inside, but it's the the young guys that I like. First of all, the JC guy, uh, Jermaine Johnson, it's really good. Nolan Smith, Nicobe Dean are going to be young guys that are going to be ready to play. Like that group a lot. So uh, I think those four are four of the best linebacking cores in the country. Beyond that, I think Florida's got some talent. I think they have a chance to develop and be pretty good. I think A&M has a chance to be pretty good. Kentucky's returning some good guys. Auburn is good. Then I think Tennessee, South Carolina brings up uh, that next rear. Then I think it's Missouri, Vanderbilt. And then I think Ole Miss, uh, Arkansas kind of in that uh, last year. So I think Alabama, again, because of the way they teach it and because of the talent they continue to recruit and develop, um, they're always good, and I'm not basing this on just the fact that they're always good, but who I like coming back that I think are ready to take the next step and be the next great guys, and Moses and Jennings and Lewis in particular, uh, I think are going to be some of the best. So Alabama, LSU, then I think Georgia and Mississippi State, uh, again, are four of the top ten linebacker units in all of college football. Uh, that's how I see them, Dave. A lot of recruiting news as we get to news and notes as it's a busy visit weekend. I know it's June. It still doesn't sound right to say it, but that's just the facts of the early signing period. So 
the uncommitted four-star 2020 quarterback Haynes King has Tennessee at the top of his list. Uh, what's your thoughts on him? And then also having Jim Chaney, a guy that has uh, had success before, how much do you think that helps um, going out and recruiting quarterbacks and offensive players? Well, I think he's an outstanding coach. I think that uh, he's a really good teacher. I think Chris Winkie's a good teacher. Now, um, in terms of recruiting, I, I think that both uh, are working hard at it. I think that is something that Jeremy Pruitt obviously has tried to find the right match of recruiters and teachers. I think both of these guys are good teachers. I think the fact that they're working really hard on selling what they can do and in their past developing guys and running an offense that's a really good fit is really helping them with Hayes King. He had a visit this weekend. That's why we're leading off with this because I think Tennessee's in really good shape. But as you know, and as you kind of alluded to, it's still pretty early. He's got a lot of other visits to make. He's a 6'3", 180-pound dual-threat quarterback. That's probably the best dual-threat quarterback in the class of 2020. Um, you know, this is one in which I'm not going to say that Tennessee's got him on the hook. I just think they're, that they've got a good lure, and they kind of know where he's, you know, sleeping around and swimming around. I think this is a, a big, important role for him, and I think they've got to sell that look. You can be somebody that we can build a future around. You look at Tennessee's quarterback situation. They've got some interesting young guys, but this guy can be special, and I think they're trying to sell him on that. Uh, so, listen, it's good news at this point. Long way to go, although as we're going to talk a little bit, Alabama's already got 19 commitments. Uh, Alabama's a full class, and we. And, but this is a big month. June is a big month because it is camp month. Junior camp month, and a lot of these guys, you know, are, are, are told that you got to, in order to get a scholarship offer, in order to hold on to your scholarship offer, you got to come to our camp. So we're getting a lot of good feedback this month in the recruiting. June has become such a huge month because of that, because we get a feel for how the kid likes the school and how the, the school likes the kid in terms of the fit. So let's keep an eye on where Hayes King may end up developed really early. I think Tennessee off the visit, just because it's recent, Dave, he's got a little bit of an edge, but we'll see if they can hold on to it. Missouri Redshirt Jr. defensive end Trey Williams, his future with the program is very undecided, still suspended, arrested, arrested on suspicion of second-degree domestic assault. Uh, that's the, the bad news, or at least the uncertain news, but – Missouri does pick up a commitment over the weekend. I guess that's the good news. Yes, it is. And no um, no indication where the situation is going to be with Trey. I know, speaking with the staff at Missouri, the, the bottom line, he's still listed on the roster. He was enrolled in classes this spring. And his status is going to come down to how the legal system uh, plays out. Uh, you mentioned, though, the good news. Really good get for them. Um, this weekend with Antonio Doyle, outside backer, a four-star guy. He was going to go to AM or Oklahoma. It does appear he had a really good visit to Missouri. Um, and, you know, listen, this high school coach was kind of pushing him to go to visit Missouri, and he says right now he's 100% going to Missouri. So uh, he's a top 20 linebacker in this class. They've got seven commitments in the class of 2020. Really good get for Mizzou. Uh, obviously, they've had a history of good linebackers, good edge rusher guys. 
Um, this guy's a good player, and for them, I hope they can hold on to him and hold off the A&Ms, the Oklahomas of the world, which is, again, the other schools that appear to have the edge. It looks like he's, uh, he's sold on Missouri at this point. Alabama, LSU, South Carolina, and Tennessee add commitments to their 2020 class. <laughs> Uh, Alabama, as I mentioned, they've got uh, their their nineteenth uh, commitment uh, of this twenty twenty class. Big week for them this past week. They ended up this weekend getting a verbal from twenty twenty linebacker Demar Kennedy. Uh, LSU was appeared the the strong favorite. He's outstanding. He attended Alabama's camp on Saturday, uh, unofficial visit. Um, he's decided to commit to Alabama. I think he was waiting to kind of see where they are. Uh, so Auburn, Florida State um, was also interested. He's one of the, the top 10 linebackers uh, in the country, one of the top 100 players overall. Uh, great get for Alabama. Um, no surprise, I guess, but what a, what a tremendous get for them. LSU lost him, but they got a commitment from four-star safety in Jordan Tolls, 6'3", 190. Big, long safety. LSU really knows how to get those those guys in the secondary. Corey Raymond does a good job coaching them, but also recruiting them. A top 10 safety in this class, a top 150 overall player in this class. Uh, outstanding, you know, some comparisons on the coaching, uh, recruiting uh, end uh, to Derwin James. I'm not going to go there yet, but I can see this guy becoming a 210-pound safety that's going to be a good dual-threat guy. So good kid for them also. Great news for South Carolina, getting a commitment from four-star defensive tackle Alex Huntley over the weekend, 6'4", 285. He's a local kid, um, a top one, uh, one uh, 50-200 type player, top the 20 defensive tackle overall, really good size. Um, I think a guy that can play inside at the next level. And Tennessee, great news for them this weekend, getting a safety commitment of their own in Antonio Johnson. It beating out AM and Georgia and Penn State, among others. Illinois was in it too. We've talked about it on LandryFootball.com. Uh, East St. Louis kid, uh, local kid, but Tennessee really did a good job with them and he's committed to the Vols. So busy, busy weekend of recruiting information, uh, visits, and commitments. Yep. It's like it's November all of a sudden. Stay tuned. <clears throat> Coming up, more recruiting news. As Texas beats out uh, a ton of Florida schools for a 2021 commit. Also, Texas A&M with a verbal commitment. Stay tuned. You're locked on SEC Football Podcast. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. More after this. And we'll have the Twillery talk once again. That's right. You go to Twillery and use the locked on promo code $25 off. Free shipping, free returns. Why not get some awesome shirts? Give it a shot. It's that awesome. For Chris Landry, I'm Dave Hooker. More after this. It is time for your recruiting report. Texas with a verbal commitment, and they beat out some pretty significant SEC schools. And uh, Texas A&M gets a verbal commitment from a a four-star wide receiver. So big-time recruiting news involving a lot of SEC schools. Yeah, good news, bad news for Texas A&M as they lose out to Texas on a 2021 kid. Again, 2021, but a really outstanding receiver in Quandarius Davis, one of the best in the country from Skyline High School in Dallas. Um, You know, he he was a young guy that Dave started to kind of develop and, um, you know, 
got an early offer from SMU. Then he became a really on the radar, again, being a 2021 kid. Alabama, Florida, LSU, A&M, Oregon, uh, Arkansas, very big on him. He committed this weekend to Texas. Um, so that was uh, good news for the Horns beating out um, a number of SEC schools. On the positive side for AM, at least, they got a verbal from 2020 four-star receiver Troy Ameri. He's a little bigger kid. He's 6'3", 217. He beat, uh, they beat out Texas and Alabama and LSU and both the Arizona schools, Arizona and Arizona State. He's a top 20 receiver in this class, a top 100 player overall. He's from Sugarland, Texas. He's the ninth commitment in the class of 2020. Uh, it's a top 15 you know, class right now for a just because of numbers. But if you look at the quality, it's going to be a lot higher than that. This is a really good get, a big-time physical receiver. And Jimbo loves these big physical receivers and tight ends. Um, they're going to be playing like low post basketball at the receiving core. Uh, I always say building a receiving core is like building a basketball team. You want the different type body types, but he's definitely going for size. And this is another big get for them. And Troy Amiri from Sugarland, Texas, headed to the Aggies. Scouting spotlight up next. We take a look at a Missouri running back that is just darn good. Ole Miss. Also, what do they expect out of their quarterbacks? And then there weren't a lot of bright spots for Arkansas last year, but one took place in the secondary. So with Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com, I'm Dave Hooker. Go to LandryFootball.com to be a more educated football fan. Your friends will be like, where where are you getting this information? Well, it's LandryFootball.com. So check it out. More after this. Scouting Spotlight looks around the SEC on your Locked on SEC football podcast. You are Locked on SEC football, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. It is time for the Scouting Spotlight, your Locked on SEC football podcast. Again, go to twillery.com, use the Locked on promo code to get $25 off your purchase. How about that? So bundle together four shirts. There's affordable as $55 a piece when you do that. Free shipping, free returns, so you're getting four awesome, high-quality shirts for how about less than 200 bucks? That is awesome. Scouting Spotlight goes to Missouri. I know their quarterback, Drew Locke, got a lot of the talk uh, last year, but uh, running back Tyler Batty uh, leads the way for the running backs behind expected starter uh, Larry Roundtree the third heading into this fall. I don't think we think of Missouri as having a ton of great tailbacks, but they're actually pretty good. Yeah, they are. One of the things, you know, obviously we've talked about the great tight end position. We've got Kelly Bryant going over there. But the running game is going to be an integral part of any success that you're going to have. And I always at this time of year like to focus a lot on the depth at certain positions in the rotation. And Larry Roundtree is definitely uh, the best back that they have. I, I don't think he's an elite back in terms of the SEC, but he's really good. He rushed for over 1,200 yards last year, and he's kind of the main guy. They don't have much experience in the uh, behind him, uh, which is why I want to focus a little bit on a guy that I think has got a chance to be pretty good, and that's Tyler Beatty. He's a sophomore running back. Uh, he just carried the ball a little over 80 times last year. It's 5'9", 180. Um, it, you know, he's a guy that's got good change of pace ability, and I think can be a really good player. It's important that he does a really good job of complementing Roundtree, um, or else they're going to have to rely on Simi Bakari, the sophomore, 
who really has hardly no experience, or the freshman, Anthony Watkins, who's yet to take the field. So I, I think that it's really important, and I try to you know, put it in a perspective of how coaches look at this and how scouts we look at it. Look, you've, you've got to have the ability as, as units. That room has to be really good and really capable. And for one guy to be really good, not only the play around him at other positions, but the play to complement him at certain positions are going to be key. And I think that's going to be the case with Beatty, with Roundtree. And that's probably going to determine ultimately how good this Missouri offense can or cannot be this year. Ole Miss wants their quarterbacks to run more. Um, does that mean more RPO? Does that mean more bootleg? What what, what exactly does that mean? Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, but, you know, obviously they want to work some of the RPOs in the game. That's what Matt Corral wants to do. But I also think they'll do a lot of, um, of the basically read option stuff where the quarterback will run and have a little bit more of an impact there. Um, you know, Jordan Tamo didn't run, um, you know, he averaged about 10 rushing attempts per game. Uh, I think we're going to see them maybe top that a little bit this year because that's a big part of what they want to do uh, and keep defenses off balance. I know that's been the focus of the spring and checking in with them. After looking at some of the tape, I saw them practice it a lot and just speaking with the staff and, Matt, they, they said, no, that's that's what we want to do this year. That's what we feel we need to do to be successful. So look out for that with the Rebs this year, getting the quarterbacks more involved in the running game. Let's go to Arkansas. Not a lot of bright spots last year, needless to say, Chris, but uh, junior safety Cameron Curl, uh, it was definitely one of those uh, one of those players that was able to to play at a high level, even with the coaching change. Yeah, I think that one of the things we we like to look at is, you know, there's there's guys in this league that are really good, and we tend to not hear about them if the teams are not winning. And I, I think Arkansas is going to have a rough year. I think it's going to be an improved year, but I don't think the records are going to be probably with their fan base is going to make their fan base happy, and I, I think they're probably going to be a little disappointed. Uh, but Cameron Curl is a very underrated player. We've talked at nauseum about Grant Delpit. He's a great player. He's a, he's a high first-round pick, and he's an All-American. I think Xavier McKinney can be a really good uh, uh, safety for Alabama. And there are other really good safeties that can play in the league. But Cameron Curl is a guy that you probably have not heard a whole lot about that we want you to know a lot about because these guys uh, can really play. Um, he's 6'2", he's 200 pounds. Um, and, and he does a great job of playing on the ball. He was second in forced incompletion percentages among the safeties in the SEC. You know how I do it here. If you're a follower of LandryFootball.com and a follower of this podcast, and we certainly hope you are, um, we try to break it down You know, from a film room standpoint and how guys grade out. Uh, yeah, a lot of people run the football on Arkansas, but when they throw it at their safeties, Cameron Carroll does a really good job defending. And so keep an eye out. He's got next level ability. Keep a, an eye out on, on, on him uh, this year. I think he has a chance to be a really good player. Don't know how many games Arkansas is going to win, but I think Cameron Carroll is certainly going to allow them to be pretty successful in the deep middle of their defense. If you want to take part in our mailbag, all you have to do is tweet us. You can tweet Chris at Landry Football, or you can tweet me at the Dave Hooker, and we will answer your questions. How uh, simple is that? did have a question about Florida. As far as Felipe Franks, he showed improvement last year. 
How much can Felipe Franks improve again with another year under Dan Mullen? Well, you know, listen, I am not going to uh, minimize what Dan has done and say that Felipe can't get better because he, quite frankly, got a lot better last year. But let me say what I think Dan Mullen's strength is as a quarterback teacher. I think what he does, and this is, again, not a knock at Felipe, I think Dan really can hide players' weaknesses, and I think he can accentuate what he can do. You know, Felipe's a guy that's that's strong, that's big, um, can run a little bit better. Once he gets going in the open field, Dave, he's a little bit more athletic than he is in the pocket. I don't think he slides or or gets rid of the ball quickly enough. So what Dan tries to do is give him some half-field reads and, you know, by design get the ball out quickly because when he holds it, he gets in trouble. Um, and I think he's done a good job with them. I think there's a limit to how much better he can get, but I'm not going to say that he can't get better. You know, better in the eyes of most people that watch football is, you know, numbers, stats, and – it's more than that, um, and just the overall success of the offense. So I, I think can get better. I don't see him as this great quarterback. I don't see him as a next-level guy that's going to be very successful. But he's already done more than I ever anticipated. And I'm going to give Dan the majority of the credit. But, but at that young man, any student has to get a lot of credit because you can lead the horse to water. And, and this, this kid's done a really nice job. But – I think this is a byproduct of how good a job that Dan does at uh, uh, basically accentuating what a guy does well and just, you know, staying away from the things that he can't do very well. That That's what makes him really good at, as a quarterback teacher. That is, <clears throat> that, excuse me, that's your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. He is Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. I'm Dave Hooker. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.